Welcome to Inside JMS, the stories behind the people who work at the Hank Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies. I'm Kevin Stoker. I'm the director of the school. I'm here with Dave Norris. Great to be here, Kevin, as always. He's an assistant professor in residence here at the school and with Ben Burroughs, our guest today. Ben Burroughs, Dr. Ben Burroughs is a associate professor of journalism and media studies. Ben, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Ben, we're, we're really excited to get to know you and uh, learn more about you today. But, I, you know, I think the really interesting thing that I want to start out with is what's a faculty member, you know, somebody who went to school at the University of Iowa, who grew up in Hawaii, and yet keeps a blog for Clemson football? I, you know, just explain to me Conflicted, how right? that happens. How do you become someone who, uh, and you went to USC, right? I did. I yeah. went to USC. I went to uh, London School of Economics as well for my master's degrees. So that story begins with my father being an academic, um, and he was a professor at Clemson. So I grew up as a very young child um, at Clemson and going to Clemson football games and um, just being a, a fan of, of Clemson. And then we moved to Hawaii. So I grew up in Hawaii. Um, I'm, you know, not Hawaiian. My wife and my kids are Hawaiian, but uh, but I'm what's called a Haole. Um, I grew up there on the North Shore. And um, it actually makes perfect sense for someone from Hawaii to be in Vegas, right, in the Ninth Island, because uh, now our family will actually visit us as opposed to being in Iowa where no one visits us at all. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons for me to uh, to be here in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, it's been a great fit. That's terrific. Well, Ben, tell us tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, so I have four kids. Um, they are Dashiell, that's 12, Mercer, that's 10, Wren, that is 8, and Seeger, who's 4. Uh, Seeger just started preschool, so there's never a, a dull moment for, uh, for our family. Uh, yeah, and my, my wife and I uh, met and grew up on the North Shore. She's from Haula, and I'm from uh, Laie. And uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's our family. And you went to, is it the name of the high school, Kaka? No, Kahuku. Kahuku. Kahuku, yeah. At one point in time, Kahuku had more NFL players than any other high school in the nation. So um, I didn't play football. I played basketball and water polo. But uh, yeah, our, uh, our Kahuku high school football team is pretty uh, legendary. Now, I have to ask you about the names. Those are some pretty unique names. <laughs> you know, once you say, Dave, this is, these are not names that... I, I, think, I think, if anything, we can tell that there's a story behind each of them. So we want to hear how you came <laughs> up with those names. Now, Ren, you know, that's a little more traditional, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Seeger is... Seeger, yeah. Um, uh, it was a Bob Seeger. Was that yeah. the influence there? So let's start with Dashiell. He's the, the oldest. That's not my name. That's my wife's name. And it comes from Minority Report. If you've watched Minority Report, one of the three cogs is uh, is named Dashiell. And I loved it because I love Dashiell Hammett, the author. Um, and we went with the German spelling of it um, because once upon a time I was a Senate page for uh, the United States Senate uh, one summer, and the minority leader at the time who I worked for um, was Senator Tom Daschle. Tom Daschle. 
Oh, yeah, so there, there's a connection there. Um, I, I was a Senate page for Senator Inouye from Hawaii, but you work for the, uh, the, the caucus there. So um, that was a, a great experience. And uh, Dashiell's middle name actually is Strider. So I got to do that. <laughs> so there's a little Lord of the Rings uh, connection there. Um, and then Mercer, uh, there that was just like, because uh, I have a problem with names, you know, being a professor and branding and kind of thinking through names. I know what I don't like. So it was just a process of elimination of, of different names. Um, but Mercer's middle name is Tahitoi which means last man standing. And Tahi Toy was a friend of mine growing up. It's Tahitian name and, and a Maori name too. And then Ren's name, yeah, W-R-E-N, Ren, the bird, right, um, is the uh, uh, state bird of the state of South Carolina. So there's a Carolina Wren there. Um, and then Ren's middle name is Kamea Kamakano Kalani um, for her Hawaiian uh, connection, which is uh, one and only uh, daughter of the beloved, so. Um, and then Seeger is Kuli is his middle name. So yeah, there was a, you know, we, we went Seeger, Bob Seeger, there's Seeger. That's a, uh, baseball player for the Mariners. There's a lot of like connections to Seeger too. So it seems like you like trivia. <laughs> I don't know. You get asked about like, you know, kind of different kids names. So you got to build up, I think some, you know, rationale for why you, uh, have, you know, named your children these things so i'm a ben so i wanted you know something a little more exciting than just a ben right but not like too crazy just right there in that sweet spot of like oh but not like whoa unique you know? but not overboard yeah, right yeah yeah that's what we tried to do and also kind of rooted in uh the the culture of the family and connect them to their ancestral ties and things like that that's pretty cool uh, you know i always envy you that when you go on vacation to see family <laughs> you have to go to Hawaii. Uh, yeah, you know, we don't do that as much as we should. But, um, yes, uh, we do try to, to uh, get back to uh, my wife's family in, in, uh, in Hawaii. But she's one of 12. So um, there's a lot of family there to be with, yes. And uh, there's a lot of little house and a lot of family, right? <laughs> so, Ben, let's uh, talk a little bit about what you do here. So you've been in, at the Hank Greenspan School of Journalism and Media Studies. Is this your seventh year now? I think this is. Yep, this okay. is my seventh year here. So what got you to Las Vegas? Other than we know it's a great fit, but you know why? Why the Hank Greenspan School of Journalism and Media Studies? There, there. That's a great question. Um, I had you know multiple opportunities, but this is the place that that I really wanted to come. Um, I found that I would be a good fit with the faculty um, because at the time there wasn't a much of emphasis on social media, digital media, um, and, uh, you know, that suited my strengths. Um, you know, I'm uh, very interested in emerging media, particularly streaming media, and those are the kinds of things that I like to study, live streaming uh, and, uh, and sports. Uh, and so I, I found, you know, I had a good niche here, and also being uh, in Las Vegas, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas is really the only game in town in terms of like major R1 institutions. Um, and so, you know, I felt like uh, it would position me well and it would be kind of close to family and close to uh, those kinds of things that were important too. So, Kevin, I think it's fair to say that uh, Dr. Burroughs here is a uh, publishing machine. Yes, yes. I, th I, I, don't, I don't think we're going overboard when we say that. But what are you interested in these days? Like, if, if someone were to ask you, Dr. Burroughs, 
what do you spend your time working on? Can can you can you distill that down into a few things? Or are you still spread out all over the place? Well, I mean, I I do follow my interests, so everything kind of revolves around new digital social media emerging technologies um, in different areas. So sports media is definitely one that I'm uh, that I'm interested in. Um, uh, video games, esports, that's another area, and then live streaming is still uh, something that's really important to me. So a paper that I'm working on right now is called uh, the Kukiai Kuku Civic Streaming Paper, um, and we're looking at the ways in which live streaming technology was uh, used by this group that was protesting these giant windmills that were put into my town um, right above my high school. Um, and so there's this really fascinating tension between you know climate change and and fighting uh, for ecological change but also indigenous rights and being able to you know uh have your uh, uh local have a say over like how your local uh, region takes care of uh the the, the environment um so you have this large multinational corporation that's getting these you know tax refunds um, and they put in these giant windmills for that and the local population saying, hey, my property values are, this is not what we want for our local uh, culture here. Um, and they're doing that and articulating that through live streaming. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at in, in the ways in which live streaming creates a certain kind of rhythm amongst the uh, the local population there. Um, so that's one project that, that I'm really kind of interested in because um, it connects me back to my, you know, my hometown um, but yeah, I've got my hands in a lot of, uh, different projects and, uh, just published something on Watchmen, um, and thinking about, uh, infrastructural racism, um, very big on thinking through the implications of, of how we might theorize this word infrastructure and what that does. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, still all over the place, but I think that's good. I got try to get my hands in, in a lot of different areas and to continue to publish. Well, tell me what you mean by infrastructure. Give us a, you know... Reader's Digest version of it. Oh, yeah. So uh, media, <clears throat> media infrastructure is this kind of concept that comes from uh, John Peter's latest book. Um, it, it has a longer history, but that's really uh, where it's come from for, uh, for media uh, studies folks. And thinking about infrastructure is thinking about the ways in which materialism structures engagement and practices and and sociality as well as kind of you know we, we've had this infrastructure bill right where we're talking about uh, canals and bridges and and buildings and things so um, we're thinking through the ways in which media infrastructures can can do that work uh, and then what are the implications of that on on populations right so yeah that's I guess like a quick version of what media infrastructure sounds like that's great and you you just got tenure and promotion last year and did did a sabbatical and the project for the sabbatical was that the project uh looking at uh the uh effect of the windmills and the indigenous population yeah that was one of the the projects um and that's part of a book proposal i put together on civic streaming um and i have another uh book proposal that uh is under review right now uh for sports with nyu press um how to watch sports is what it's called right now we're not wedded to that but it'll be a whole bunch of different chapters 
uh, on uh, a sports team and then its implication with a particular topic like uh, a sports team and race or a sports team and different sports studies concepts. So it should be really good. There's, there's one on how to watch television, how to play video games, and we're pitching the sports. Um, so hopefully that'll come through. And yeah, and then just publishing. Uh, I've got about three papers that, that got published during my time, uh, my sabbatical. Wow. That's not, awesome. not productive at all, I don't think, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you also teach some interesting classes too. Um, right now you're our uh, director of our graduate program. And uh, so you end, you've ended up teaching uh, a lot of graduate classes. But also, you know, if I was going to say what's, what class is near and dear to your heart, would it be virtual worlds? Yeah, I would say uh, the classes near and dear to my heart are the, the social networks class that um, when I came in, I built here at the, at the university. Uh, and this, uh, this social networks class, which is also video games and kind of looking at uh, the the connection between the two. So we've, we're talking about things like Twitch. We're talking about influencers. We're talking about um, a lot of things that students really care about right now, um, and is relevant both professionally and um, you know academically. Uh, and yeah, and then I've been the graduate coordinator now for four. Five, this is my fifth year um, as the graduate coordinator, uh, and really enjoyed working with students. And uh, you know we've had a lot of great projects, uh, student thesis projects, uh, creative thesis projects um, that I've been able to to chair and, and help students do. So uh, really proud of that work too. Ben, tell me a little bit about, since we're talking about you as a teacher, tell us a little bit about your teaching style. Like how, what, what do you, what do you think in terms of when you try to connect with students, when you're trying to work with students, these could be undergrads, graduate students, but you know, how do you define yourself as a teacher, as a professor? That's a great question too. Um, I, you know, to me, Promoting critical thinking is my number one goal in the classroom. If I can walk out of the, the class and, and have helped students to understand what critical thinking is and then how to apply it in a particular area, that's important uh, to me. I do like experiential learning. I do like uh, allowing students to play with technology, to um, have some project-based uh, assignments and things. So it's not just all lectures and books, but students are getting their hands on technology and, and, and learning uh, by doing um, and that kind of melds the professional with, with the academic as well, which I always try to do in, in my classes, show, uh, you know, the theories, have them understand the theories, do critical thinking, develop writing skills, but also I think it's important for students to be able to take something away that's, that's practical and skill-based as well. So balancing those two is, is important to me. So that's kind of how I'd explain myself as a, as a professor, as a teacher. That sounds great. Well, speaking of balancing, uh, you know, so you had three articles, more than three articles last year mm -hmm. and this year, and uh, you're working on a book project and everything else, and you're taking kids to uh, flag football, soccer games, <laughs> yes. uh, very much oh, engaged in, in family life, <laughs> teaching your courses, running a graduate program, uh, doing all this research. Ben, how do you do it? Mm. Lots of in and out burgers and uh, and Dr. Pepper. None of that Dr. Pepper Zero stuff. All straight Dr. Pepper. No. Um, uh, I just try to stay busy and, uh, and put my best foot forward and take it one day at a time. All those kind of slogans. Yeah, that's it. No, I don't, you know, I, 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 that, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, that's, uh, that's my job. So that's what I do. Well, if you had a secret that, you would say to a new faculty member who came in mm. or something like that, and they were trying to uh, 
figure out how to be successful managing all these things. And most faculty members aren't managing as much as you are. <laughs> um, uh, what would you say? Is there some kind, you know, maybe there's not a secret sauce or anything, but but what would it be? Well, one thing with publishing that I think is important is to understand that rejection is just part of academia. It's part of the game. Um, and not to get too discouraged by, by rejection. Um, and at some point you feel like you know whether something is a good enough product to be to be published and to just trust in that um, and uh, and to keep going forward with, with projects. Um, so yeah, so understanding rejection, part of it, conferences, papers, uh, proposals, all the grants, all those things are, are, are that's part of the, the process. Um, so that that's always been helpful for me to understand that and to not, you know, like curl up in a ball every time you get a rejection, although that may happen sometimes. But uh, <laughs> uh, and with family life, it's, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm blessed to have some great kids and to have a, you know, a great relationship with with my wife. And that that helps me and, and relationships with family um, that support me. So, um, you know, I'm blessed to, to have that. And uh and then I'm blessed to have great faculty members around me that are always supportive, great there leadership. Go, yeah, we were, we were looking for. Is that, that what we were looking for? Time. It's about time. It's about time. You know, Ben, you've you've had an interesting life. You, USC was your undergrad. No, no, no I, my masters. A, a masters, yeah. So I did two master's degrees: one from the London School of Economics and the other from the University of Southern California. Um, and then I did my uh, my undergrads actually at BYU Hawaii, um, and I did that in. Uh, two double major there in political science and in intercultural studies with an emphasis on communication. So, yeah. Then my degrees are MA and MSc in uh, in global media and communication. And uh, then I went to Iowa and did the uh, PhD in communication studies. And yeah, I heard you mention John Durham Peters, and he right. was one of your uh, professors there, who was very well known in the uh, yeah. He's at Yale now. Area, and he's at <laughs> Yale. That's right. So, Ben, let's take a step back outside of academia for a minute. Let's go back to when you were growing up. Is there a particular childhood memory or experience that you had that kind of defines the person that you are today, other than a rabid Clemson Tigers fan? Oh, I can't do that one, huh? All right. No, um, so like I said, when I was growing up, I, I grew up uh, in the South, in, you know, in central South Carolina, uh, and that was a much different experience than going from there to Hawaii, where it was very much uh, a flip from being, you know, the the majority to to the minority in this place that I was, um, and and beginning to like understand what that meant for me culturally, um, that was kind of a, a formative um, shaping experience to kind of learn what it, what power relations are like in your everyday life, um, and to to kind of see them, to recognize them, to understand that things were were different. Um, and so that that's helped me be kind of interested in the ways in which culture and power are kind of operating in everyday life. And then I've always been really interested in media and with, you know, television and, and social media and things like that um, that popped up and then how that played off of each other. So so that really was an important moment when I um, I, I my first day of school in uh, in Hawaii, somebody asked me, oh, so so where do you live? And I said, oh, I live on uh, Moana Street, which is this, uh, this road. Uh, and the person said, oh, you live on Howley Street. This was as a sixth grader, right? And I was like, oh, yes. Yes, I do. I live on Howley Street, and I am uh, 
uh, Howley, which is, you know, it has a complicated history and, and that street has a complicated history. I would later learn in the community because there were faculty housing that was there um, and those faculty housing were usually taken up by, you know, the, the um, white faculty members who had come or were brought in. So it had this really complicated, interesting history that, that I, over the years, began to continually unravel. And that was really formative in kind of shaping my positioning and understanding all that. Well, and I think, Kevin, you know, one of the things that we know, but maybe listeners don't, is Ben really is a critical culturalist at heart. And I think that says so much about kind of foundationally who you are and your experience and kind of why you bring this perspective to the work that you do right now. So that's, that's really enlightening. I'm really glad you shared it. Yeah, no, I do, you know, critical cultural work and qualitative work mostly. I mean, I do do uh, quantitative work, and, um, but, you know, my, I guess my heart is in the, the qualitative. But it's, it's more about, like, understanding, yeah, culture, power relation, text, and, and that's the media studies kind of approach. Um, that I was, you know, kind of trained in from coming from Iowa and coming from uh, USC. Um, and so, yeah, working with Henry Jenkins, working with, with John Peters, um, and, and melding those two together to kind of have the, the approach that I do right now, or, or try to have at least. <laughs> well, if there's something we <clears throat> haven't asked you during the, the discussion that we should have asked you that uh, would help our listeners learn more about you and who... Uh, Dr. Ben Burroughs really is. What what would it be? That my in and out order is cheeseburger animal style, regular and grilled onions, add chopped chilies, bun extra toast. That's that's my order, and it's it, that's what drives my uh, my days. That, that's and, it. And I have to say that now my order is bun extra toast, yep. chopped chilies. And grilled onions. It's good. He's stuff. had that influence. Now I haven't gone animal style yet, but other than that, I've I've followed uh, Ben's uh, example, and it's worked out pretty well. For I was going to say, I think I think all of our waistlines have a lot to uh, have a lot to thank Dr. Gross yeah, for. Yeah, but you know, he doesn't buy fries. This, he said, this is you the know, key. He doesn't get fries. He just gets the burger. Okay, maybe here's something else to know about me. I, I did spend a, a good bit of time in Europe. Um, and so, and in Belgium, um, and so I have, you know, very specific views about frites, les frites. So I speak French, um, and, uh, fries should be double shocked. Uh, Belgian frites are the superior fry and, you know, like in and out fries are just too fresh. They make them right there and, and fries need some time to get rid of some of their, uh, moisture. Right. And, and so Belgian frites are double shocked, which means they're, you know, put in the oil two times um and they're just they're wonderful and the sauces just yeah they're wonderful ben it was great chatting with you today and having a opportunity to get to know you a little bit more thank you for taking the time thank you we really appreciate it ben thanks <laughs>